If you have your Bible today, turn with me to John 20, verse 24. The title of the message this morning is, Who Was Missing? The verse says, Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. There were a small band of disciples that were gathered together in the upper room. The doors were shut. It was after the crucifixion. One of their number was missing. He wasn't there. His chair was vacant. Who should have occupied that chair? Not Judas. It's true that Judas was missing, but he was not expected. Uh, He had already betrayed his Lord. Jesus uh, knew all that he was about, all that he was doing. Judas had already been whipped and scourged by his conscience. No, Judas wasn't there, but he wasn't expected to be there. It was not Pilate um, who was missing. Pilate was not expected to be there either. Pilate, like Judas had been around Jesus a good bit. Pilate had an opportunity of knowing Jesus, becoming a friend of Jesus. But Pilate had allowed his own interests to get the better of his conscience. Pilate had chosen friendship with Caesar, and he began to shun the Lord Jesus. Sometimes we make those kinds of distinctions decisions, choices in our lives. We align ourselves with the wrong group of people. And of course, they begin to pull us down. Pilate said, you know, I think I will move up socially. Well, he did that. But he moved downward spiritually. Was the missing person named Caiaphas? Is that who was missing? He, too, had a strong uh, relationship to Jesus. He was around him a good bit. He had stood in the presence of Jesus many times, but his envy of Jesus had made him blind. Caiaphas had shouted, blasphemy, blasphemy, when anything that uh, Jesus said or thought came forward. He said it so loud that he drowned out the voice of his conscience and the gentle whisperings of the Spirit of God. No, it was not Caiaphas nor any of the indifferent folk or the hostile folk that were crowded around that particular place. Well, who was the missing person? The scripture said it was a man named Thomas. The Thomas in this passage was expected to be there. He was a member of the little band of disciples. He was one of the twelve. The twelve were the inner circle that had spent a whole lot of time with Jesus. His fellow Christians had a right, therefore, to expect him to be there. But but Thomas was missing. He wasn't there. Every once in a while, uh, here at our church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I look around and somebody that usually sits in that particular place 
would be gone. And I wonder, well, what, what happened to them? Where are they? You know, I just hate it when people move <laughs> that are members of our church. It just, it just ruins my whole day when I hear that they're moving. I don't like that at all. And, uh, you know, you could break their arm, I guess, but they'd probably go ahead and move anyway. Uh, some people, I guess uh, that's appropriate, but, uh, but I hate it uh, when it happens. I feel like everyone is a part of our family. And the family gets together and we talk and pray together, sing the great hymns of the faith. It's very important that we would be together on the Lord's Day, on Wednesday night at other times. It's like a part of us are missing when somebody is not there. Every once in a while, we have something special. And the Lord chooses to empower whatever it is. Have you ever been in a service when something was just in the air? Something was just different. I had a friend about 40 years ago who was a great evangelist. He was a real country fellow. I don't think he ever said a sentence that he didn't make a grammatical error. But I tell you what, he could preach. I went to a revival service where he was preaching close to where I lived. And he began preaching. He was real loud, real long. And uh, I mean, he was, as we say, getting with it. And the invitation was offered and a fellow came forward. And he wanted to say something. And so he turned to the congregation. He told something terrible that he had done. So then we sang another hymn, and somebody else came forward. And they got up and told something terrible that they'd done. We started singing again, and five or ten people came forward. And then ten or twenty people came forward. And before the night was over, there were 300 people that had made decisions for the Lord. You know, God can take any service. And when he's right in the middle of it, something wonderful can happen. And every once in a while, it does. It really does. And, you know, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to be gone somewhere uh, when something great is going on. Did you notice when it was that Thomas was absent? The scripture says, Thomas was not with them when Jesus came. When Jesus came. What a terrible, unbelievably terrible time to be gone. I mean, of all the times you could be gone, that would be the very last one. I mean, that would be the time that you'd want to be there if you never were anywhere else. Well, we never know when the presence of God is going to fall. And we never know what he's going to do in our hearts, our lives, our service. We never know. I want you to see this picture clearly this morning. The little despondent company of ten were meeting behind closed doors. 
They were burdened. They were filled with fear. They were afraid the soldiers were going to come and get them. There was no joy, no hope in the room. I mean, it was a sad bunch of guys. Then all of a sudden, now remember the doors are closed. All of a sudden, Jesus is standing in the middle of the room. In the middle of the room. Everything was changed in a second. In just a second. He was not in the grave. He was not dead. He was there. He was right there in the middle of them. Jesus was there, but Thomas wasn't. He was somewhere else. Of course, Thomas would have been there if he had known that Jesus was going to appear in the middle of the room. If he ever dreamed that Jesus was going to be there, he wouldn't have missed it for the world, for the whole world. Thomas expected this meeting that they were having to be dull and boring. Just just terrible. Just like all the other meetings that they had had since Jesus was gone. Without Jesus in their midst, meeting after meeting had just gone nowhere. Just nowhere. And it seemed like nothing was being accomplished. He thought probably Peter, James, or John would get up and they'd lead the meeting. And, and they would say, do you remember when? And they'd talk about some event in their lives when Jesus had done a miraculous thing. And they would all smile and wave their hands and rejoice in what had happened. Well, the glorious past, Thomas thought, is over. It's done. That's already happened. Thomas felt like those kind of things were never going to happen again. So he didn't go to the meeting. Thomas remembered how Jesus had called them in the very beginning. You know, Jesus had walked around. He wasn't in a car or truck or anything. He walked around and he chose his guys to come and be on his team. He chose the disciples. And they all accepted and they all followed him. It was exciting. It was glorious. And they just couldn't believe that they'd all done it. Well, Thomas remembered how they had ministered to people, how some had become fine and upstanding citizens who had been crooks and thieves. He remembered how some had quit being mean and selfish and self-centered. He remembered the exciting days, the great services where hundreds of people would trust in Christ as their Savior. He remembered, but now it all seemed like ancient history. It was something in the past. Jesus died on a cross. Thomas had seen the spikes in his hands and in his feet. But the meeting that Thomas missed was not dull. It was not boring. It was not sad. The meeting was not a lament for the glory that had passed. It was one of the most thrilling services that's ever been on the face of the earth. It was a service that made the future glow with wonderful possibilities. Wonderful possibilities. It was wonderful because Jesus was right in the middle of it. Jesus appeared then and he still is with us today. In this service, in every service, in every home. In every country around the world, wherever hungry hearts come together, those who yearn for Christ and make him welcome, 
there appears the blessed Jesus right in the very midst of what's going on. I never miss church. When Cindy and I go on vacation, we go to church. We don't want to miss anything. You know, we want to we be there. Uh, we choose to, to be in church. That's, that's where we belong. That's where we want to be. We've been in some services across the country, across the world, really. And sometimes the most miraculous things happen. I would tell you three or four of them, but we're having the Lord's Supper today. <laughs> and the buses come. So i got to get on with it. Have you ever wondered uh, why Thomas was missing? Some people miss services today because they're indifferent. Some people have been absorbed in some other thought process, a thousand other things that don't really matter. Some have gradually lost the spiritual fire that they once had. Well, Thomas was not missing because he had found satisfaction somewhere else. Thomas was not satisfied. Thomas was not happy. Some commentators said that Thomas was probably the saddest man in all Jerusalem. He was on the bottom. Thomas had not left Christ because his his needs had been met and a spiritual thirst had been satisfied at some other fountain. That wasn't the reason. Well, why was Thomas missing? He was missing because he had lost hope. He just lost hope. He believed that Christ was dead. Thomas believed that the cause for which he had stood was lost and lost forever. Thomas believed that the right had been forever defeated and that the wrong had been forever enthroned. For him, there was not a single ray of light or one single gleam of hope. It was over. If you had met Thomas on the streets of Jerusalem that day, you might have said to him, Hey, Thomas, your friends are meeting in the upper room. Don't you want to go and be there? Why why aren't you on your way there? Jesus might come. Jesus might be there. Thomas would have responded and said, No, I'm not going. And Jesus is not going to be there. Jesus is dead. If I thought that I could see him, I would go. I love Jesus more than life itself, but Jesus is dead. He's dead. He's dead. Nothing I can do about that. It was in the garden when Judas kissed him. I saw that. I saw the soldiers scourge him. I saw them put that crown of thorns down on his head and press it into his scalp. I saw that. I was out at Calvary when the black night came in the middle of the day. I saw that cruel soldier thrust his spear into Jesus' side. Don't talk to me about seeing Jesus again. Jesus is dead. There was a bitterness in the sorrow of Thomas, and it had driven him to utter despair. For him, everything had collapsed. By not being at the service in the upper room, Thomas missed the privilege of seeing Jesus. He missed seeing the risen Lord who had defeated death and hell and the grave. It is Christ that makes heaven and earth 
sure for us. When you understand that Jesus died but then was alive again, we have no doubt about the truth of his promise to us. Because he lives, we shall also live. One time there was a preacher who thought his congregation wanted to hear big words. He thought that they were hungry for fancy verbiage. He thought they were thirsty for eloquent thoughts. But he was mistaken. One day he came up to the pulpit and there was a little piece of paper right on the top of the pulpit. And the note said this, we would know Jesus. That's all it says. We would know Jesus. At first he got mad. And then he began to think about it. And then he began to pray about it. And then he got down on his knees. And then he cried. Something happened to him during those following days. And three or four weeks later, uh, obviously there had been a change in his message. And on that fourth Sunday after the change had come in his heart, after he finished the first part of the service, he came up to the pulpit and there was a note right where that other one had been. And the note said this, Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. When Jesus is in the midst of us, people and their needs are met. Poor Thomas was absent and his needs were not met. Thomas also missed the gift of peace. Jesus said to those present, Peace be unto you. How Thomas needed that gift. He had been so restless. He couldn't sleep. He had a tempest of doubt that was raging within him. He was just miserable. He could have been there and received the peace that passeth all understanding. Jesus once said, Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, Thomas really needed that. He needed that. Those that were present with, were blessed with that kind of peace. But Thomas missed it because he wasn't there. Jesus gave those that were there a goal. He said, go out and conquer the world. That was a big, that was a big goal, wasn't it? I mean, that was big. He gave them power. Their hearts were warmed. It might be that some of you here today once served Christ in a, in a mighty way, but maybe you've been absent for a while. Perhaps Christ wants to recommission you today. Have you ever thought about being recommissioned? Perhaps he wants to recommission you and give you a new goal in your life. Perhaps you have recently moved to the Sun City area, and it's very different here than it was back where you moved from. But I want to tell you something. The same Christ is here as was there. Same one. Same one. And he wants you to serve him here just as well. Thomas doubted for a while, but Peter, James, and John were pretty insistent uh, about the service he'd missed, and he didn't believe them. He said, listen, 
unless I see the marks in his hand, unless I can put my finger where the nails were, unless I can take my hand and put it into his side where the spear had gone, unless those things happen, I'm not going to believe. I am not going to believe. His fellow disciples didn't argue with him, but they were so different. They were filled with joy and hope and love. The next time the group met, Thomas thought, well, you know, I don't have anything to do anyway. I might as well go. And so he went. He was an honest doubter. He wanted to know the truth. They were in the same room, and Thomas looked around. No Jesus. He thought, well, this is going to be another one of those boring meetings. But the scripture says, then Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said unto the ten, Peace be unto you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, come over here and put your finger in my hand where the nails were. Come over here and put your hand in my side where the spear was. Be Not faithless, but believe, believe. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Thomas became absolutely certain on that day that Jesus was not dead, but had risen from the dead. He changed a doubter to a believer. Clovis Chapel, the great preacher, uh, tells the story about when he was a boy riding on his horse. And it got dark. Darkness came quickly upon him and his horse, and and he didn't know his way home. It got so dark he couldn't see anything. And he didn't want to ride his horse when he couldn't see. He thought they might run into something. So he thought, well, I'm going to just get down here on the ground, and we'll just spend the night. Well, he dismounted, but a storm around them began to build. The thunder was very loud, and it seemed like it was getting closer. And the lightning started coming down, and it seemed like it started getting closer. And he decided, uh, we better get out of here. So he climbed back up on his horse, and he started riding. He didn't know where he was going. At first... As he rode, he could see nothing. And then in the distance, he saw a little tiny spark, a spark of light. So he followed the light, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. He found to his great joy as he rode that the light was from his own home. And his mother was waiting anxiously at the door for her son to come home. Clovis Chapel said that he remembered he followed the small amount of light he had And it led him home. Thomas had just a little faith. But he followed what he had. And guess what? It led him to the upper room. And Jesus came. Today you might have just a little light. Just a little light. You might be an honest doubter. But you're here. You're not missing. Try as best you can today to let the Holy Spirit guide and direct your heart and life. If you need to trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior, no time would be better than today in these moments. If you need a church home, 
there would be no time better than to align yourself with the people of God in this place. He has risen from the dead. He is in our midst. And he is calling you today to come home. I'm going to stand right down here at the front. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If you would, just slip to the aisle and slip forward and come and take a stand for him who stood for you. Let's stand as we sing together.